What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode two of season three. I'm your host, Kurt Field. And it is your boy, Bold Bruno. Kurt, ask me why I'm feeling bold today. Bruno, why are you feeling bold today? Well, Kurt, I, let me tell you, I did not call myself Pick Six Bruno, but I am calling myself Bold Bruno because we're going to get into it. But let's just recap very quickly my, Bruno's bold predictions for the season. Jameis top five QB. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jaguars <laughs> being the worst team ever in existence. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. Woof. And uh, the entire NFC West uh, being above 500, and all the te- all those teams won this week. So, Kurt, I'm just saying, I'm feeling pretty bold. Bruno, you should feel bold because your bold predictions were a home run in Week One. Bang. How how we how they will end up at the end of the season? We shall find out. Let's just end it now. Bang. Let's just bold. Let, you know what? <laughs> if the season ended today, Bruno. You would, you would be a masterclass on bold predictions. Yep, they'd call um, me bold, man. But our uh, our pick six predictions both Ooh, sucked. Yeah. They, no, no, pick six starts this week, right? It didn't. Oh, we didn't yeah, start yeah, last yeah. week. Yeah, 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 you're right. You're right. That okay. was fake. fake yeah, news. yeah. Well, what are you talking? What news? What are you talking? About? I don't know. Yeah, there yeah. was no news. <laughs> Zero news. Um, so, for all of our loyal listeners out there, um, just the way we're kind of going to do this is I. We teased it in episode one, little little tickle, little, little tease, um, little sprinkle um, <laughs> about how we we're going to try to keep episodes shorter. Uh, we will, we will, we will do our best. So what we're going to do is we will quickly recap, and I mean it. Well, like I'm not lying to you. I don't lie. He ain't we're, lying. Yeah, I I ain't a liar. Um, I'm also not a truther. Um, I called you a truther. <laughs> uh, what a good show, Drake, Drake and Josh, Josh. baby. <laughs> Before, you know, Drake Bell started looking at little kids. Well, you know. Uh, well, hmm, hmm, shoot. Eh, that took a turn. <laughs> Anyways, so we're going to quickly recap some of the games, and then we're going to get into uh, a little more of the nitty-gritty on four of them. Uh, Bruno and I will both lead discussions for those, and then we will talk about the Patriots game from this week and then the preview for next week. So that's just kind of the lay of the land. Um, and, Bruno, should we just jump right in? Kurt. do 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 Oh, yeah, music, music, <laughs> cue, music, now, bang. All right, so, Bruno, let's start in Philadelphia, okay? Well, it didn't actually start in Philadelphia, but the Eagles absolutely thump the Falcons, 32-6. to Story of this game, Bruno, has to be Jalen Hurts. He dominated uh, the Falcons. Remember, we kind of done-chained them pretty mm-hmm. early last year. It's mm-hmm. looking like we can done-chain them again pretty early this year. Absolutely nothing going on for the Falcons this week. Um, Bruno, I one more thing too. Yep, Bruno, you do your thing. You hop in whenever you want. Okay, sure. you just you just do your damn. Thing. Hey, I'm gonna do it. You you are you are. Here's a, here's an exciting one, Bruno, from the AFC. Okay, Steelers come back, beat the Bills up in Buffalo. Not an easy thing to do. They win 23-16. They kind of relied on their defense and special teams. Uh, one might call it an ugly win, but Bruno, we know in the NFL, a win is a win is a win is a win. Yeah, that's exactly true. Kind of reminiscent of a win the Steelers had last year. Last year was the year they started 11-0, right? And then they were like the worst 11-0 yes, team of, the, ever, of all time. Correct. Yeah, exactly. So um, I think the bigger story here is with the Bills. The Steelers did what they have to win, not taken away from that. But I think the Bills, we kind of hyped them up a lot this offseason. And again, it's only one week. We're not saying they're not deserving of the hype. But I think maybe this is a game is in potentially an indication that we need to cool it a little bit and we really need to let them see like what was last year is that the start of something for the bills or is that looking like an outlier for the bills i don't know yeah i agree because i don't think the steelers are that good i don't think they even looked that good in this game yeah. the big 
I might argue Big Ben looked worse than he did last year, and he did not look that good last year. So I don't. I think this. I think you're right. Maybe too much hype for Buffalo. Maybe it's just a week one fluke. Who knows? Um, Bruno Bengals beat the Vikings 27-24. Joe Burrow is back, baby. He is back. Bengals win this first game in overtime. Thank God the Bengals ended up winning this game, Bruno, because uh, their coach Zach Taylor. He might have been. We're talking about Dunchain. We would have done chained Zach Taylor. Yep. Because his team, the Bengals, were up 14-0. They were absolutely dominating the game. Vikings couldn't get anything going offensively. And this mofo decides, hey, I'm on my own 30-yard line on fourth down. It's a great idea to go for it. He goes for it. Naturally, they don't get it. And they give the Vikings all the momentum in the world. Vikings get right back into the game. I'm obviously forced OT. Bengals end up winning it. But Zach Taylor, what are you doing, dude? Yeah, that was tough. Um, definitely, like you said, bailed out by the eventual comeback. I think the two big things for me, number one, I like Joe Burrow back from injury, obviously looking back to his own ways of just figuring out ways he has to win. Huge for the confidence. You know, I'm not I'm not exactly saying the Vikings are necessarily going places this season, but still, you got to love that he figured out a way to win after dealing with that kind of late adversity. The other thing, really quicker, this is a complete 180 from that. Kind of funny story that came out uh, previously about a new wide receiver for the Bengals, Jamar Chase kind of got a little unfairly painted because in a way I'll, I'll give you the details basically he did an interview and they kind of asked him a question about like what's the differences between college and pro and he kind of basically came out and said it's a lot harder to catch the football in the pros because the there's no more white stripes and it's, it's smaller or whatever he said he said a lot of people were like bro you took all of last year off and you didn't start catching balls with NFL football so that kind of got taken a little bit out of proportion but then it was a big story because in the preseason he was like terrible he was dropping everything not great yeah not good that got silenced pretty quickly he had a great debut i don't have the stats in front of me but he definitely I, he had like 20 fantasy points i know that because i played him and i was like are you kidding me this guy's putting up 20 already so um he actually you know that's kind of sick that he's like you know preseason don't care quotes don't care game on i'm doing my thing so respect to jamar chase for you know literally silencing that story in one week yeah he had five receptions for 101 yards and a touchdown so yeah the rook went off, um, yep. and again, it was just so nice to see Joe Burrow back out there. Yep. Um, what was not nice to see was having to watch the Lions play football again. They lose 41-33 to the 49ers. Um, the Lions made this one interesting late in the game, I guess, but it really was never that close. Um, Jimmy G, Trey Lance, and the gang get the job done in the Motor City. The only thing I'll add, Kurt, nothing to say but the actual game. For those who are longtime listeners, we have super fan Matsky Ciara uh, of Lions fandom just making it clear on the season. It was hinted at last season, no longer a Lions fan. He's always been a Matt Stafford fan. So moving forward, we will no longer have Lions in the pick six, maybe ever, probably for, until the end of time. Yeah. And we won't care about the Lions. And we're moving on to the Rams as our resident uh, Rams slash Matt Stafford superfan Matsky follows. So that, no just, just putting the statement out there for the people. Yeah, this game was 38-10 to 10 in the third quarter. It really, truly was not even close. The Lions scored two touchdowns in the last two minutes of the game to make it even resemble a close game. Uh, moving right along, the Seahawks. They take down the Indianapolis Colts 28-16. And while it was Carson Wentz's first start for the Colts, Russell Wilson, Bruno, is the one who stole the show in this one. He threw for four touchdowns. He only had five incompletions on the entire game. Wentz looked good, but Russ, they let Russ cook, and Russ cooked up a pretty good meal this one, Bruno. Yeah, he looked really sharp, honestly. I don't have anything to add other than Russell Wilson coming out of the gates hot. He did that last year. We'll see if it continues this year. Yes, we will. Justin Herbert came out pretty hot in the Chargers-Washington game, Bruno, and the Chargers end up winning this one 20-16. But the bigger story, not only did Washington lose the game, but they also lose Ryan Fitzpatrick, their quarterback, for a few months. 
Bruno, the question I'm going to ask you is Ron Rivera on the phone right now, this very moment, at 8.10 on Monday with Cam Newton. Kurt, it's hard to say no. Honestly, I mean, they have the familiarity there. I think the biggest thing for Ron Rivera previously was, like, you know, he, he Cam was his guy. They played together for so long, but he gets a new job. He's not going to, like, boot the guys out there immediately for Cam Newton. Plus, you know, obviously he wasn't cut until recently, right? But, I mean, I feel like you have to say something. To, or sorry, you have to get in touch with Cam because at least you have to make the phone call. But what I'll also say, though, is that their backup who came in, Heineke, Heineke, however you say this guy's name, I don't really know. But it's not about how you say his name. It's about what we're seeing because people forget he was the one last year who led this team toe-to-toe with uh, Tom Brady and the Super Bowl champs in the playoffs. So not to say, again, today he really set the world on fire, but, you know, maybe with a week to prepare and, you know, get some reps in and, like, know he's going to be starting, maybe there's something there. Who knows? Yeah, Bruno, people forget, but you don't. So that, that shout out to you for not forgetting that. Got to tell him. Got to tell him. Got to tell like it is. Um, you know who told someone something, Bruno, was Sam Darnold. Mm-hmm. Sam Darnold told told his old team to uh, SMD, if you follow, um, <laughs> because he kind of gave it to the Jets in, in, in week one. Panthers win 19-14 to over the Jets. Uh, this game was abysmal to watch. Like, it really wasn't pretty. Um, however, Carolina's defense just kind of balled out, and they – that could be a product, however, of the Jets' offensive line being like worse than UConn football's offensive line. Oh my god! Which is like saying something. They looked Yikes. atrocious. Becton, their left tackle, is out for like six to eight weeks, which is a huge loss for a bad team, anyway. So that sucks for them. Um, I will say Zach Wilson did get into a rhythm in the second half, and he did get them back into the game, but it was just too little, too late. Shout out that JoJo song back in the day. It's um, just a little too late. Yes, that one. <laughs> Banger. Thank you. Thank you. I think that was better than JoJo's version. Um, but for Zach Wilson and this Jets offense, Bruno, it does not get any easier. They got the Pats D rolling into town this week. Yeah, Kurt, and just a little preview, uh, the Pats D ain't the only thing rolling into town next week. No, we, we got a couple bad, bad men rolling into the MetLife Stadium this week. And women. And shout out oh, women. Women shout too. Out, yep. yep. Shout okay. out uh, people, gender, social construct. Kurt, take it away. Yep. All right, taking it away. Uh, <laughs> God. God. Uh, try not to laugh. <laughs> So, Texans, Bruno. <laughs> this game was laughable because of the Jaguars. Um, they they lose on the road in uh, in uh, Houston, 37-21. Obviously, story this one, Trevor Lawrence, his first game, number one overall pick. Very up-and-down game for him. Threw three touchdowns, also threw three interceptions. Texans defense is certainly not that good, so that's a little bit alarming for the Jaguars. I just don't think they're a very good team at all. However, aside from Trevor Lawrence, Tyrod Taylor is back. The he obviously was dealt a terrible, terrible hand last year when he got, like, his own team doctors, like, literally stabbed him and collapsed his lung. Um, obviously, Justin Herbert, you know, worked out for the Chargers, and that's great. But Tyrod Taylor got a pretty raw deal. Um, so I was very, very happy to see him. Like, he played really well. Now, again, it was against the Jaguars. So take everything with a grain of salt. But um, good for Tyrod Taylor and Bruno. Like you mentioned, uh, bold Bruno, your bold pick looked pretty good because the Jaguars look like hot garbage. Yeah, Kurt. The only thing I'll say is that if you're the Jaguars and you're debuting number one pick who, since he won the national championship at Clemson, people are like, all right, he's already in the NFL Hall of Fame. That's like the level of hype and, uh, you know, like spotlight people are putting on him. Couldn't script up a better game one against the Texans teams that's literally about to disintegrate into nothingness, basically like they're uh, in Infinity War and Thanos is snapping them into nothing. So tough to see them get absolutely dominated by this Texans team. And Kurt... Makes me very nervous for the Jaguars for the rest of the season, but I'm not nervous with my prediction, baby. No, you shouldn't be. Um, that Marvel reference, uh, I didn't understand. You know, what else I don't, you know what else I don't understand, Bruno? Oh, man. 
why Daniel Jones is a quarterback in the NFL. <laughs> bada bing, bada boom. Bada bing, bada boom, because the Giants <laughs> still suck. Uh, they lose 27-13 to 13 at home at MetLife Stadium. Shout out MetLife, MetLife Stadium. See you next week, baby. Um, but, uh, yeah, Daniel Jones is a backup quarterback. Saquon in his first game back from tearing his ACL. Uh, not good. Teddy Bridgewater and the boys go on the road, get a big win. Obviously, this win was great for the Broncos. You know, week one, feeling good. Uh, Jerry Judy's not feeling good, though. Pretty horrific-looking foot, ankle injury. I didn't happen to see anything today, Bruno. Did you? About the, is, it, is he done for the year? I didn't actually see any updates today. I don't know, but it was pretty. It was pretty gnarly. So shout uh, prayers up to him. But uh, yeah, the Giants are need some prayers too because they suck. Yeah, uh, shout out to the honorary member of the J Crew, Jerry Judy. Um, and Kurt, all I'll add is simply this. Saquon needs some more time. Daniel Jones does not. Yep, period. Period, yep. period King. Yep. Uh, Matt Stafford, Bruno, this is the last one we'll touch on, then we'll get into the more of the deeper ones. Um, the Rams just absolutely blow the doors off the Bears, 34-14. Matt Stafford, phenomenal in his first start with the Rams. Um, certainly looked the part. But was that more the Rams being good or the Bears just being the Bears, Bruno? Yeah, Kurt. Kind of crazy. I mean, the Bears on those two deep passes. I don't. I don't know if both of them were touchdowns. One definitely was a touchdown. Yeah. But basically, those two deep plays played some of the worst defense I've like ever seen. And like, we're not used to seeing that from the Bears. We're used to seeing that the, be the worst offense we've ever seen. Recent years, the Bears defense has been the ones keeping them in games and stuff. So that was shocking. And again, I know you can't really play this game, but like, you take those plays away, you take those fourteen points off the board. They may they may have still scored, right? But like, it's looking like a closer game. So I don't know. I, I think it's a good sign if you're a Rams fan because Matt Stafford's slinging the ball down the field and clearly he has chemistry with the pass catchers but yeah it's tough because this bears team uh you know <laughs> i i don't really know where their season's going other than down yeah certainly not to a good spot that's yeah. for sure um bruno that's it for the quick ones we're ready to get into some of the longer ones the longer that was recaps. nice and tidy look at us bada bing yep. bada boom we 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 promised it mm-hmm i told you we i didn't lie i know bruno doesn't lie he's a truther yeah. so mm. we're, we're sticking to it that Kurt. was what like 14 minutes great yeah Kurt, promises made, promises delivered. Damn right. Um, Bruno, mm -hmm. let's get into the first game of the 2021 season. You had Dallas heading down to Tampa for uh, a little visit to the Super Bowl champs. However, I will say this, Bruno. I don't know if you happen to see the pregame ceremony of the um, the unveiling of the Super Bowl banner. I guess banner in air quotes because that was the lamest banner i've ever seen couldn't catch the patriots with that couldn't catch the patriots doing that robert Kraft makes that shit into a production every mm -hmm. time they unveil banners mm -hmm. um also tom brady looked like he could literally care less about <laughs> he did he was like yeah i've done this seven other times like this is this <laughs> is real, this is stupid let's just move on uh, he looked so disinterested it was almost comical so shout yeah. out that's good for his brand because yeah yeah i mean the it was unreal now when it comes to the actual game bro Bucks squeaked this one out with a last last second field goal. They went 31 to 29. That is what it is. The bigger story for me in this game was all about Dallas and more specifically Dak Prescott. Now, I was very 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 adamant on the episode 1 of season 3 that I thought Dallas sucked. I was like the excuses for Dallas are already rolling in, and well, I still feel like some of that is true. I was wildly impressed with how they performed in week 1. They they didn't back down from the challenge at all. Don't, don't you agree? Yeah, Kurt, you're right on point. And even from someone who 
thought that they would end up winning the division. I literally said last week they're going to need time to ramp up. I didn't expect them to come out this first game against the defending Super Bowl champs and put up this kind of performance, especially from Dak. I mean, that was crazy to see them that play that well right away. I mean, I know it's kind of lame to be like, you have to feel good about that loss. Like, that's kind of lame. But still, I mean, you but know, a lot right. of us were... Wasn't the, wasn't the line, like, Bucks like, by nine? Yeah. So the yeah. fact that the, the Cowboys, like, basically were winning until Tom Brady... Well, I don't want to spoil it, but, uh, you know, until Tom Brady took over with, like, a minute left in the game, and you know what happens from there. Pretty impressive from the Cowboys. Yeah. Bruno, are you watching the Monday Night Football game right now? Uh, I have it on, Kurt, but I usually... Uh, this is a sneak peek for the uh, people at home. I like to stare at Kurt's face and not, stare, not look away from the screen until we're done recording. So I literally it, just... I pulled it up on my phone just for a second, and why am I seeing Marcus Mariota in the game at quarterback, not Derek Carr? You know, it, I, we saw did you, that same thing happen to me with Jacoby Brissett in the Dolphins game. I, we're going to get to that. But, like, the, I don't know what the deal is with, like, these dual quarterback systems, but it's actually happening a lot in the NFL. I don't know what's happening. Okay, Derek Carr's back in the game. I was so confused. Marcus Mariota was rumbling down the field for, like, 35 yards. I'm like, where is Derek Carr? <laughs> Marcus <We're>, Mariota rumbling. <laughs> we're a minute into the game. Anyway, sorry, went off on a tangent there. Woo. But the whole thing, Bruno, Dak is back. You know who's not back, though? Who's not? Zeke. Yeah, and I, uh, he's your boy because I'm playing you this week in fantasy. I know, mm. Kurt. I know. And honestly, okay, I've been talked off the ledge because I was like, basically seeing his stats and seeing his performance, I was like, my season's over. Like I'm toast. He'd be fine. I will say again, at least in the runs that he made, he looked like quicker and more explosive than last year. So that's a plus. And you know, again, the Bucks' rush defense is is pretty solid. So like, hopefully it was just a matchup thing. But you're right. I mean, that is the thing if you're the Cowboys that you kind of have to be like, all right. All systems go in the passing game. We need the running game next week to step it up. Yeah, C.D. Lamb looked awesome. Um, what, I like that. He's on my fantasy team. But mm. um, Amari Cooper, even Gallup looked pretty good. Uh, just that's a potent that's a potent air attack for Dallas, and I um, I didn't have a lot of faith. But hey, I, they could turn me into a believer pretty quick, um, especially now that Ryan Fitzpatrick is out for a significant amount of time. Cause yeah. I did I did say in the prediction when I picked Washington, I thought Fitzpatrick was going to be good this year. Um, so it's a pretty unfortunate start for them. That's how it had to go for Washington. Dallas, though, on paper, I don't think it's hard to argue. They have a mm, top five might be pushing it, but top ten roster on paper. Like mm. that defense can be young with um, Van Der Esch and, and Micah Parsons in the middle. Um, they, they have some pieces, and so hopefully they put it all together, but I'm, I'm still not a huge believer. However, that could change as we go forward. Um, I will say this about the Bucks, though, Bruno, because we talked mm -hmm. a lot about Dallas. Um, every time I just see the Tom Brady take the field with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski, O.J. Howard, uh, Leonard Fournette, all these, all these guys, I'm like, dude, it's – it just baffles my brain. Like, Tom Brady looks better than he did five years ago. And it's just, like, he's putting more zip on the ball. He's just so deadly accurate still. It's like, when I think back to the Patriots in 2019 and Brady's last couple games with the Patriots, those idiots rolled out like a Landon Roberts at fullback. And he was going to Nikhil Harry. And everyone's like, oh, Tom Brady sucks now. Tom Brady's just not good anymore. It's like, well, uh, he's throwing to a linebacker playing fullback. So... Maybe that's why he wasn't as good. Um, so, again, I don't blame Tom Brady whatsoever for leaving the Patriots. The man had to do what he had to do. He went out and won a Super Bowl. And they look, they look posed for another deep run this year. Um, I will say this one thing, though, Bruno. The Bucks defense, which we have talked about being a potent defense, they are a very, very good defense. They kind of got shredded by Dak here a little bit. Quick pass game, all that good stuff. So that's something to keep an eye on going forward. 
yeah, no, absolutely. I thought they could have played better, and I'm sure that'll be one of those things they're going to work on and that'll get better each week. One last point for me about this game, Kurt. You put it very nicely with uh, Brady looking like a, playing better than he's ever before. I would say almost the same thing, sadly, for Patriots fans especially, about uh, you know two uh, pass catchers that we used to be on the Patriots, Gronk and Antonio Brown. Gronk, just vintage performance coming out literally week one this year. Clearly last year he had to work his way into football shape, but now he had a good offseason. He's ready to roll. And then Antonio Brown sneakily looking like he could just like lead the wide receivers on that team in, in like touchdowns and yards. So yeah. not great. You know, they, they won last year. Pick. Shout out my yeah, bold pick. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's it. We're talking we're being bold today, and that was all you. I just think it's, you know, they won last year with those two having moments, but maybe not being consistent over the whole season. That's gonna be scary if they're back to back to their glory, Kurt. But you ready for a hot take from Kurt? I'm ready for this hot take. Uh if Antonio Brown didn't get kicked off the Patriots for that oh, this could be another controversial take. Uh, for that bullshit, you know, I, mm, tread, uh. tread lightly here, Kurt, tread lightly. <laughs> but those those allegations of sexual yeah. assault, which only came up when he was with the Patriots, that's all I'll say about that. Um, if he if that didn't happen and he was not kicked off the team, um, I think Tom Brady is still a Patriot. Yeah, he was pissed by that. I mean, people forget Antonio Brown was, like, living in Tom Brady's house. He was, like, best friends. He was, like, lobbying him for to be on the team. That low-key just set Tom Brady off. And, like, again, seeing what they're doing two years later when they're both two years older, I mean, I, you can't blame him, right? Now, don't get me wrong. Antonio Brown was acting like a child that season, like, with the whole thing with the Raiders. I, I understand he's not a perfect human being. He's not even close. But, like, <laughs> in week two of that season, the Patriots had Julian Edelman, Dorsett, Antonio Brown, um, uh, what Gordon? Um, what's his name? Josh Gordon. Josh they Gordon, had, yeah. they had, they had all these dudes, and I was like, well, this looks like a whole different team. And then I told you at the end of the season they're going to a Landon Roberts. So it's like, I don't know if Antonio Brown sticks the whole season. Maybe that's maybe it's a whole different year for the Patriots, and maybe Tom Brady's still in a Pats uniform, but he's not, and I, that's sad. Yeah, Kurt, I have nothing to say other than it continues to be sad every single time we see him play well, Kurt, but. Speaking of a team full of dudes, we are rolling right into arguably there's a couple games and one of them we're going to go over later that you could argue you had two teams at like complete opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of how they are playing. But this Cardinals Titans game, man, I mean, Cardinals 38 Titans 13 that score is wild and it even felt like it was more of a gap than that because the Cardinals came out right out of the gate looking unbelievably sharp like Kyler Murray basically acting like real life is a video game the way he was moving around the field sprinting around he had so many plays where he would just run like just basically do like infinity loops throughout the backfield and then be like whoop i'm gonna throw it down the field for like 20 to 50 yards he was crazy he ended up with four passing touchdowns and one rushing touchdown so again just literal video game numbers i thought another thing i noticed right away chemistry clearly there from last season with the returning receivers but then also like even getting aj green involved because people forget I, again we talk about who's not forgetting kurt but people forget aj green is now on the cardinals i think you can even add on the fact that it wasn't a focus today but both arizona running backs had over 50 yards rushing so combined obviously they hit triple digits so i think from an offensive standpoint the cardinals just looked extremely polished kurt as someone who did not pick the cardinals to win this game what's your impressions of like uh, again just sticking to the offense right now what's your impression of how the, what the cardinals were able to show in game one well it was a good old-fashioned shit pumping from the cardinals um i i was blown away i like I think back to the Patriots game last year when they the Cardinals came to Gillette and how the uh, the Cardinals offense was like doo doo. 
Um, mm. They looked they looked really, really good this week, and it was Kyler Murray. I mean, if Kyler Murray can play like this, <laughs> that NFC West dude, it's gonna be it's going to be absolutely nuts. Um, I was so impressed with the way they, distri- they 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 facilitated the ball to all their guys. They got everyone involved. Um, I don't mean to change the topic, but as as impressed as I was with the Arizona offense, I was more impressed with their defense. Yeah, Kurt. Honestly, I was trying to keep you on the offense because I wanted to uh, bring up the defense, but I mean, it's fine. You know, we're here. We're here. But uh, all I'm gonna say is, imagine uh, if the Patriots ever had Chandler Jones on the team. That would be pretty nice, right? Just had five sacks in game one of his season. I mean, he played unbelievable. I'm sure you saw that picture on Twitter of him having like a personal guy who was uh, his shade guy on the sideline to keep him out of the sun because two forced fumbles, five (laughs) five sacks. That's like. that's like a full season for a, like an okay defensive end. Yeah, and so Kurt, I mean, uh, like you said, I'm glad you switched topics because again, you could just lay the superlatives out for the Cardinals' offense. But I think if we're flipping to the Titans, Kurt, I'm just gonna have to come out and say it. I don't want to do them like this, but I'm gonna have to say it. Titans came out looking like the Teen Titans rather than the Tennessee Titans. No disrespect to a great show. I'm I've likened myself to a younger Beast Boy. You know, we've all had that phase. I'm just saying. The Titans, that's almost as big, like maybe not the biggest yikes of the weekend, but like Tannehill, I don't know about you, but Tannehill looked lost, pressured. I mean, not, it wasn't completely on him, but like he looked lost all game. He, he was getting like, he pressured like all Mi- game. He looked like Miami, Ryan Tannehill. Right, right, exactly. Which again, it was the biggest fear of all Titans fans, especially after, you know, him staying on the roster and getting extended and all this stuff. I mean, Derrick Henry, you know, obviously is extremely good. No one's doubting that. He only ends up with 58 yards rushing. Again, some of that might be due to because they were down by so much that they were throwing it. But even still, that's not great. Uh, Julio Jones, I think everybody is hyped for this. Eh, but again, not really his fault. I think my biggest thing on him was it's really fucking weird seeing him on the Titans. That's right. honestly my biggest thing about Julio Jones. And if we're just going to be completely honest, the defense was just shell shocked. I mean, the Titans defense, they went the, the the Titans themselves went down seventeen nothing, and they just never recovered. Yeah, just to go hit on some of those points, I don't yep. know the lot. I, I honest to God have no idea the last time Derrick Henry rushed for something lower than fifty eight yards. It had, I know, middle school. I don't know. It's like, I, <laughs> The guy's a freak. So for the fact that, I mean, now I will say the Titans game plan obviously had to change because you can't just hand right. the ball off 30 times when you get down right. 17 nothing. But a very strange start to the game for the Titans. Uh, also saw the tweets about, oh, it's weird that Julio Jones isn't playing today for the Titans. It's like, no, the man's playing. It's just he didn't do, <laughs> he didn't do anything. Um, so that was, that was another thing, and I think Mike Vrabel is a very unhappy man. I mean, he's got some shit to figure out with that team. Yeah, and Kurt, if we're just going to be completely honest, my kind of like ending thoughts on this game were that if I remember correctly, and again, you don't know, it it is a what have you done for me lately league, but if you remember correctly, last year, the Cardinals, I feel like they started the season hot. I don't know about like this level of playing well, but they started the season hot, and the biggest thing with the Cardinals was like they kind of faded and couldn't sustain it. And then the Titans, on the other hand, last season had games like this, and then they had games where they played unbelievable. So honestly, that was my guiding, like that was the reason why I picked the Cardinals. I just kind of was like i feel like this combination of the cardinals more often than or like more likely are going to start hot the titans inconsistent i expected this kind of game but like honestly from both of these teams kurt we could be sitting here next week and like the titans could dominate a team i don't know who they're playing and the cardinals could just have a horrific loss so yeah i mean that's that's week one in the nfl for you like there's you know people overreact to everything and that's just that's part of the fun though that's part of the fun that's what we do um bruno i'm gonna we're gonna get into the next game here i'm gonna go Mm -hmm. a little bit faster for this one it's going to be the browns and the chiefs bruno okay this game 
was absolutely electric from like literally from the get go. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, well, not obviously. I'll tell you in a second. But the Chiefs end up winning this one, thirty-three to twenty-nine. Now, that's not exactly how it looked like this game was going to go. The Browns came out of the gates red hot, literally red hot. They got up twenty-two ten at the half. So Mahomes down twelve at the half, um, and then. Uh, Oh God, I hate admitting this. I li- like it literally. Oh, no. It literally pains me. But Mahomes oh, was no. so goddamn good in the second half. Like yeah. he would, like the Chiefs needed Mahomes to be Mahomes, and Mahomes was Mahomes in the second half. That's the that's the best way I can put it. Just here's here's what happened. So he ran. So Mahomes scored a rushing touchdown in the first half, and then the second half he comes out and he throws a touchdown to Kelsey in the red zone. Throws a nuke to Tyreek Hill for 75 yards and a touchdown. That was like with like 10 minutes to go in the game. That got them right back into the game because they were down 29-20, to 20, I believe, and that got them to within two points. And then he put the dagger into the Browns late with another touchdown to Kelsey a couple minutes later. And it just felt like like when they scored that tire, it was kind of reminiscent to me of the Super Bowl when they were down to the 49ers and they had that huge play to Tyreek Hill and then – uh, in, the, in that case, the 49ers shit their pants, and in this case, the Browns shit their pants. Um, it just seemed like you just knew, you just knew Mahomes was going to do something sick, and he did over and over and over again. And it's gross, and I'm so tired of Patrick Mahomes. This must be how like everyone felt about Tom Brady for 10 years, but like that's how I feel about Patrick Mahomes. It's like get him off my screen. Yeah, it's honestly disgusting, Kurt. Um, I think I want to echo one specific point you made in there. Again, I'm, this isn't me creating this this thought, this sentiment. It's shared widely among non-Chiefs fans. But isn't it just so fucking annoying that every single game, Mahomes can just be like, fuck it, I'm throwing it deep to Tyreek. Tyreek Hill probably, I feel like, has a 75-yard touchdown catch like every single game. It's so annoying that that play literally works once or multiple times a game. And again, like that's just, like you said, completely changes the momentum of the game like uh, all the time. So that was the one, like you said, that, that changed around this game. And again, it's just it's annoying because I feel like it happens every week. I would rather be strapped to a chair oh, and God. be forced to watch a week straight. Oh. Seven days, 24 hours a day of Jackson Mahomes TikToks. <laughs> no, Kurt. Just to, no. Just to Kurt. never. No, seriously. Just to never have to see Patrick Mahomes again. I would do it. I would do it. I'd take one for the team. I would sit in that chair. I'd be, well, I wouldn't sit. I'd be strapped. Strapped right. to the chair. And you could put the thing three inches from my face, and I would watch Jackson Mahomes for a full week to never hear about Patrick again. I mean, Kurt, I'm glad you're taking one for the team because I, literally I can think of nothing worse than that. Nothing. I'd, I'd do it. I would do it. Well, Kurt, uh, I don't know how much more you have to say for that game. I nothing, mean, obviously nothing, the, nothing. the the Chiefs pulled it out. The last thing I would say would be I was kind of hoping at the end of the game when the Browns got the ball back that Baker would just be like, I'm different. I'm changed. Let's nope. lead this game-winning drive. Throw us a pick. Throws so. A pick. We'll see. You know, we'll see uh, if he's able to kind of take this experience and grow from it um, moving forward into the second half, or not the second half of the season, just moving on into the season. But if we're talking about quarterbacks taking a situation and growing from it, Jameis last year sits the whole year behind Drew Brees, learns the system, gets to see the field from the sideline, gets to talk to Sean Payton, gets to absorb things. He comes out and leads his team, the New Orleans Saints. No. Um, over Aaron Rodgers' Packers with a, again, this is another banana score of 38-3, to Kurt. And so, again, I would like to, most importantly from this game, let's not let this fact get lost. My bold prediction was that by the end of the year, Jameis was going to be a top-five quarterback. 
I just talked about Kyler Murray having five touchdowns. He had four passing, one rushing. Jameis Winston comes out, only throws 148 yards passing, Kurt, and score and throws five touchdowns. Jameis Winston, like my God, this he was, man comes out. He was so efficient. First off, Bruno, I'm gonna stop. Pat, pat yourself on the back right now. I want to see it on camera. <laughs> pat, do okay, it. Pat, pat him. He did it. He did it. But how how efficient was Jameis Winston? I mean, Bro. are you kidding me? It, dude, it was crazy. I mean, I'm just pulling up the stats. 14 for 20. So again, like, I, part of this was just because it just seemed like everything he was doing was just working to perfection. So like again. Like we, you just said very eloquently, I'm not going to say it as eloquently as you because you're an eloquent guy and I'm not an eloquent guy if we're being eloquent with the situation eloquently. But Jameis Winston will have to see moving forward if, you know, it doesn't seem like that's something that's like repeatable on a weekly basis. However, what's, what is repeatable is his comfort in the offense, his ability to spread the ball around. His, like, I think... Drew Brees, it was kind of awkward. He was, like, kind of analyzing the game on, like, his new role on TV. And he, I mean, good for him for saying this, but he basically was like, oh, it's looking like the element that the Saints have been missing the last, like, five years because uh, Drew yeah. Brees has been out there running the uh, Peyton Manning duck offense, Kurt, which did not did not look great to, yeah. to anyone's eyes. So it's good that he can spread the, Jameis can uh, spread the ball down the field because that's going to make Alvin Kamara, who looked great today, it's going to make him even better, have him be easier to, you know, find the open lanes. I think the Saints, again, looked great. The only thing I'll add about the Saints before I'll, I'll give you a chance to touch on some stuff, Kurt, was that uh, shout out uh, our boy Chris Hogan, who pivoted from the NFL to the Premier Lacrosse League, made this whole thing about, like, he was making this whole docuseries about being, like, undrafted, and he wanted to be drafted in the Premier Lacrosse League, wasn't drafted, was trying to sign on with a team, was posting Instagrams about being all inspirational, being like, I'm a lacrosse player. The second an NFL team calls, he's like, yo, fuck that shit. And he comes out and has a, 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 a one uh, catch for 10 yards. So shout out Chris Hogan. But, Kurt, thoughts on the Saints before we move to the, the arguably bigger story? No, it's just I was I was absolutely blown away by Jameis Winston and the Saints. Like uh, I did mention this. I said that, you know, they know how to win without Drew Brees. They were 8-1 and one, uh, without him in the last nine starts or whatever they had. So they know how to do it, and they did it again. They did, they absolutely did it again. And I uh, it makes week three with the Patriots a little more interesting because I was like, oh, the Saints aren't going to be good. Well, surprise, they look pretty freaking good. Yeah, Kurt. And who didn't look pretty freaking good, who looked pretty freaking bad if we're going that route, was uh, both Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, Kurt. I think what's crazy is what we saw from Aaron Rodgers against the Saints is what people have been thinking Tom Brady has going to be playing like forever. And we see Brady playing uh, like he better than he's ever been. And we saw Rodgers yesterday. Kurt, this was wild to see Aaron Rodgers, after all the drama of the offseason, come out and, and make like terrible decisions, like force the ball down the field, not be on the same page with his receivers, basically coming out and almost doing nothing right. Again, the offensive line like was just absolutely terrible for the Packers, and I think they were missing David Bakhtiari. I don't know if I said yes, that right. He did. He's out for a while. Fucking nailed that first try. Um, so that was also like a problem. And again, the Saints kind of just won the line of scrimmage on both sides, so that should be said as well, and, and that's a credit to the Saints. But the Packers, I it was shocking. Like I think a lot of us were expect like you we were both high on the Packers. And to see them come out, and again, I know they had a crazy offseason. To see them come out and do this in week one, Kurt, are you R-E-L-A-X about the Packers, or are you F-U-C-K about the Packers? Oh, I'm F-U-C-K, because what the F-U-C-K was that? Oh, no, wow. Bruno, that was that. it is my biggest takeaway from anything in week one, was the Packers. It, are you kidding? Like, 
Are you kidding? Because I, I mean, I made, I looked like a fool. I picked them and won the goddamn Super Bowl. Um, also, you can't be posting shit about like the last dance and then go out and do that in the in week one. You can't do that. Mm -mm. No, 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 no. That's not how that works. Um, just Aaron Rodgers. He so not only did he play like dog shit, but he also looked like he just didn't care either. Like he like he he literally just looked like he did not want to be there. Um, and then, obviously, I. I don't think this, but it was hilarious to think about on Twitter. Everyone's like, plot twist. Aaron Rodgers <laughs> goes back to the Packers just to self-destruct them from the inside. Like, Which I love, uh, by the way. I mean, might be putting their season in jeopardy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, wow. He did it. wasn't the host, but he's still doing he's the damn thing. He's <laughs> still doing the damn thing. So, I don't know. Uh, just an atrocious performance on the Packers and something to keep an eye on as we go forward. Yeah, Kurt. Uh, I second that. And again, uh, it will be very interesting to see what happens with Rodgers moving forward if he's able to turn around but another team Kurt that we you and I are both have a personal investment in turning it around might be Kurt what team might that be oh it's your homegrown New England Patriots <laughs> Bruno, 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 Bruno. Where do I want to yep. start? So obviously, like, yeah, the Patriots lose 17-16 yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blah, okay. blah, 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 blah. Okay. That's over. <laughs> um, yes, the loss sucks. Okay? The loss sucks. You, they had no business losing that game. But did the Patriots really lose, Bruno? Because our our, our guy, David Portnoy, El Presidente mm. of Barstool Sports, said the Patriots lost, but they won. So then they won because of uh, their rookie quarterback who – was obviously the biggest takeaway of the game from the Patriots is the fact that, you know, they look. It looks like Mac Jones was the guy, man. Like of all the rookie quarterbacks in Week One, uh, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, who started. Trey Lance obviously didn't get in much. Justin Fields didn't get in much. None of the rookie quarterbacks won, but Mac Jones was by far the most impressive one. Now people might say, well, look at the teams. You know, Zach Wilson's on the Jets, Trevor Lawrence on the Jaguars. Okay, I get it. All fair points. All fair points, but from a in-control perspective, Mac Jones just looks like he's been doing this shit for like five years in the NFL. Like the game didn't look like it moved too fast for him. How aside from like the first like throw question mark? Do you even call it a throw? He like looked like he forgot what football was for a minute, but then he figured it out later. But I was just. I, I was at the game, Bruno. I was in the second row. Saw it up close. I, f I forgot how fast the NFL game is. Like, the like the like where you have to throw a football when someone's running a crossing route. Like, how far out in front of them you have to throw it. Or even just the just sheer speed of, like, defensive backs. It's like when you were down in the second row and you're almost on, like, at field level and you see how fast they're flying around. Like, the NFL game is so goddamn fast. And the fact that Mac Jones didn't look like it was too like it was that sped up for him was was wicked impressive. Now don't get me wrong, he's a rookie. He's gonna have ups and downs. But if that's week one against a pretty good defense, as we talked about in episode one, that's a pretty good Miami Dolphins defense who gave him all different looks, who blitzed the shit out of him, and he's and he stood up to the challenge. So I am wildly impressed with Mac Jones. I'm excited to see where it goes. 
Yeah, Kurt, if we're being honest here, touching on your earlier point, we always talk about how it's earned, not given. With Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson, they were handed the keys right away to the team. It was their team. They got to take all the reps. They didn't, you know, uh, they just didn't have to fight for anything. Obviously, they're adjusting to the NFL. But again, it's like they're the guy, right? Mac Jones literally beat out Cam Newton for the job and has been fighting and scrapping and impressing ever since. So I think he took that same mentality that he had to, you know, was kind of uh, displaying during training camp, and he took that into the game because, as you said, that first throw was yikes. That was made me very nervous at the start. But then he basically overcame and fought through and and was responded really well to adversity for the entire game. So again, if that was the like you said, if that was the growth we saw from all season or like over the course of a, a month or a stretch, I'd be pumped to see it over the course of game one, literally to like overcome, like you said, maybe one of the worst first throws you could do if you count that as a throw to what he was looking at like at the end. That's incredible and it has to get you excited. And Kurt, I'm just going to move into kind of like what I also, it's related to Mac Jones, but it's also getting to some other stuff. If we're going to be completely honest here, I don't think a lot of people are saying this, but if we're looking for the reasons why we lost this game, you can't really say it's Mac Jones when in the beginning, you know, uh, one of the running backs that we were both high on, Stevenson, tough fumble to start the, you know, to start, I don't know if it was his first touch, but the, basically at the start of the game yeah. after, you know, dominating in preseason, but then it's a chain reaction because he fumbles and not only is that a turnover, but then that leads to Damian Harris basically picking up the slack because we know Bill, like as soon as you turn the ball over, he's like, see yeah. it literally in yeah. 19 years. We're in the doghouse for quite some time. Yeah, and so then Damian Harris has to run all game, and I'm not saying that's the reason why, but then, you know, maybe at the end of the game, he's tired from all these carries, wasn't expecting this big of a workload, and then he fumbles when Mac had led us all the way down the field to, like, the red zone with three minutes left. Yeah, so dude. It, no, we'll get into it, but yeah. No doubt about it, there's a chain reaction with that. And, and going back to your original point, yeah, the reason the Patriots lost was not because of Mac Jones. Mac Jones deserved better in this game. Just real quick, Mac Jones, 29 of 39, 281 yards and a touchdown. He... I think he, when he was blitzed and when he faced pressure, I think it was 12 of his throws. He was 9 of 12 for like 90 yards and a touchdown. So the man stood in there, knew he was going to get bent in half, took a hit, and still delivered balls on time. So Mac Jones, it was not, it was not because of Mac Jones' Patriots loss. It was like, you know, everything but that reason. So like you mentioned, I have no doubt the Patriots are still going to be a team who can run the football. No doubt. They're going to be a, a run-heavy team. Damian Harris is a beast. And just because he fumbled in this game doesn't mean anything really going forward. You're not going to remember. By week 13, week 14, when the season's like we're, we're really in the thick of it, uh, you're not going to remember this fumble. It's, uh, this is not going to define him like he said in his press conference. But I have no doubt that when Ramondre, Ramondre Stevenson fumbled, I think it was the second quarter, maybe it was early first quarter, uh, it was like the second or third drive for the Patriots. It did change things because um, Harris is like, all right, I, I'm going to have to sh carry the load for the rest of the game. And he looked so tired. So obviously I was at the game last night. And you don't see everything. And I watched it back on TV this morning. Um, he, It was literally the carry before he fumbled. He looked absolutely exhausted he took a toss to the left which is a stupid i'm so sick of that play josh throw that one out but like <laughs> he looked just gas and they give him the ball and damian harris is he's fighting for extra yards and obviously that's where he fumbles so that's not great but um you know they the patriots were in position you're on the nine yard line you kick a field goal you go up by two you make the dolphins waste all our timeouts you pin your ears back you go after two and the, pro the patriots probably win that game like they had it they probably they probably win that game um but some of the other things, you know, that, that obviously wasn't good. Some of the things I did like to see from the offense, okay? Mac Jones, yeah, that, that was great. We already got into that. 
the tight ends. They had eight catches. It was a slow start. They didn't get heavily involved early, but they certainly did as we got going. Mac Jones, a lot of quick passes, found Hunter Henry on a couple third downs. Jonu Smith looks like a versatile weapon for this Patriots team, which is great to see. Um, I think Nelson Aguilar, we didn't see a whole lot of him this preseason because he was battling an ankle and all this other stuff. He was a goddamn stud in this game. He only had like five catches for 70-something yards and a touchdown, but like they, every time Mac Jones had like a big throw, it was like to it was like to Aguilar. So um, thank God that he remembered how to catch because I know that's been a thing in the past. He's not really a, a catcher, uh, not really. Oh, he's back. Oh, he's back. So he uh, and he made some tough contested catches yesterday. So uh, more of that, please. Yes, also please. Kendrick Bourne. Um, I people are are incredibly high on Kendrick Bourne. I think I'm a lot higher on him than most people are, but I think. I think he's going to be really good for this team. Now, he wasn't out there as much as Aguilar, um, and you know he's kind of right with Jacoby Myers for that 2-3 wide receiver position. But what is so un- was so unfortunate for Kendrick Bourne yesterday, Bruno, is that every time, every single time Kendrick Bourne seemed to do anything, the play got called back because the Patriots had a, f- a stupid penalty or something, which is another thing. Eight penalties for over 80 yards. Uh, Bill Belichick's not going to be happy about that. Um, but yeah, this says Kendrick Bourne had one reception for 17 yards, but he had like four receptions for like 80 yards, even though uh, the Patriots had to get a lot of those called back. So not 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 exactly great on that front. Kurt, Jesus Christ, that's Kendrick Bourne. Mic drop. <laughs> why didn't Why didn't I think of that? Why didn't I think of that? That's all I have to add. All right, Bruno, let's just shift to the defense quick here. Um, right, right, right. <sighs> I, Bruno, you made a great point about the the halves. Why don't you give it to us? Give me, give me your yeah, on that. right. So I mean, if we're th- if we're thinking about this, we're not math guys, but we're thinking about this, right? Dolphins scored seventeen points, kind of crazy, but the Dolphins opened the game with their first drive, marching down the field, slicing us up like you said at Swiss cheese. It was a disgusting opening drive from our defense. My first reaction was like, I don't know what's going on. They're all over the place. They're not communicating well. Missed assignments. It was bad. It was terrible. So that was the first point of the game, and that's seven of their 17 points. And then, again, right after halftime, the opening half of the second drive for the Dolphins, it was kind of the same thing. They just, like, march right down and score. So I don't know if that's a pattern. Obviously, it might have been a pattern in this game. I don't know what we're going to see moving forward, but... Again, if we can just clean it up and be ready to roll from the jump, I mean, again, you can't play this game as like if you just take those drives away. They happen. You can't take them away, right? But again, like think about it. That's 14 of their 17 points from basically not being on top of the on top of the ball, on top of your assignments, ready to roll, coming out of both the first half and the second half. So uh, we're gonna have to see moving forward if we're better about coming out quick. Yeah, and uh, give credit where credit is due. At the same time, to the Dolphins because. The, that first drive of the game is a scripted drive. So that is something you work on in practice. Your co- your offensive coordinator, your, your your passing game coordinator, your run game coordinator, all those guys sit in a room and they come up with a plan. And the Dolphins came out and they absolutely obliterated us on that first drive and they did the same thing in the second half. And more times than not, the first drive of the second half is also scripted. So those two scripted drives, the Dolphins absolutely annihilated the Patriots. Outside of that, the Patriots' defense did really buckle down. So it was very much an up-and-down performance from the defense today. Um, there is no doubt about it. This team can absolutely get after the quarterback. When it was a couple third downs um, yesterday, well, first off, Gillette Stadium was rocking. It was so good to see people back in the stands. But they had a, they had a defensive front out there um, that was – who was it? It, it was uh, like Matt Judon. 
Chase Winovich, Donta Hightower, Josh Uche, Christian Barmore, Kyle Van Noy, and then, like, the secondary. It's like, um, how do you block all of them? And it, you really can't. So um, it was really, really awesome. I think this team is going to be able to get out to the quarterback all season long, uh, and that that's great. I still want to see more from the secondary. I thought J.C. Jackson was pretty good. He let up a couple bad passes to Devontae Parker. Devontae Parker is a really good, really good wide receiver, though. Um, so, I mean, you take that with a grain of salt. I think what was more concerning is the, the fact that the Dolphins got absolutely whatever they wanted in the flats and, like, kind of hitting those slant rounds behind linebackers. Um, it was kind of a matchup thing. The Dolphins got good matchups, and they kind of exploited it. So, again, good coaching from the Dolphins. Uh, and my last point is kind of like Jalen Waddell. Um, he's going to be a problem for the next five years. That He looked really, really good. Yeah, he had one bad drop, uh, but again, you know, rookie receiver playing his first game kind of comes with the territory, right? But like you said, outside of that one play, he was, uh, like you said, an absolute problem. I think just touching on a couple of your quick points, I think the secondary absolutely is going to get better. I think we're going to be able to communicate better. Again, people forget uh, we're still dealing with Gilmore being out the first half of the season, recovering from injury. Obviously, he's the captain. He's been the guy like anchoring that squad you know, for the last couple of years. So it is a little bit of an adjustment playing without him. I know there was time for that last year too, but even still, so that's going to get better. They're going to start playing better. And Kurt, your earlier point, I think if we're cleaning up, cleaning up the penalties and cleaning up the turnovers, I mean, Kurt, again, I hate to play this game. I think you're absolutely right that the, the, the bigger takeaway from here is how well Mac Jones played in the positives. This game, you couldn't objectively say like we should have won. Like you don't have those dumb fumbles. You don't settle for field goals on those two drives in the second half. Like this was a winnable game for us. And so if we can just clean up the stuff that needs to be cleaned up, again, not every team we're going to play, you know, is the level of the Dolphins. So that's something, right? But if we can just clean it up moving forward, is it is exciting to see, you know, that there's this many positives from week one. Yeah, for sure. Like we mentioned, Pat should have won this game. They didn't. Uh, Mac Jones was awesome. And I th- – and I shouldn't be doing this, but I'm going to do it. Oh uh, No, I'm going to do it. Um, I'm not <sighs> I'm not comparing him to Tom Brady for the sake of comparing him to Tom Brady. But Mac Jones has said before, like this is not me breaking news, Mac Jones has said before his idol is Tom Brady, and he grew up watching tape of Tom Brady, and he idolizes Tom Brady. And there are so many things in Mac Jones's game that we saw even from his time at Alabama to the preseason to the game one yesterday – that resemble Tom Brady. Like, the dude just doesn't give a shit. Like, they were trying to give him his, like, um, the first touchdown pass they through. They were trying to give him the ball. He's like, I don't want the ball. And after the game, they were asked, he was asking about it. He's like, I don't, I don't need the ball. I'm going to throw a lot more of those. Like, I don't, I don't need that one. Like, no, it's not a cocky answer. It's just like, he just doesn't, he doesn't care. He doesn't get caught up in the minutiae. Um, SAT. Bang, what a word. <laughs> SAT word. Um, <laughs> Love that. But it's just like, you know, he fell on the sword, too, yesterday in the press conference. And like we touched upon, the reason the Patriots lost yesterday was not because of Mac Jones. It was because of everyone else really kind of not around him because they didn't play that badly. But they were the mistakes that were made really were not on Mac Jones. So I, I love the fact that he's a leader. He takes the blame as a quarterback should. Um, and he's... <sighs> Just the way he talks and the way he acts, it's like you're watching a little Tom Brady. And it's, again, it's not fair to compare him to Tom Brady because Mac Jones, he's not going to win seven Super Bowls. He's not going to go to every AFC championship game. He's just not going to do that. But you, but it's absolutely reasonable to to say, hey, look, this guy is just like Tom Brady in the fact that like the way he 
the way he goes about his business is very Tom Brady-esque. They always talk about first guy in, first guy out. He's just a, a meticulous learner. He is, it's just That's just who he is. That's his makeup. And uh, I'll tell you what, it worked out pretty well for the last guy in New England when that happened. So um, hopefully Mac Jones and the Pats get back on track this week. And uh, no better time to do that than with the New York Jets, Bruno. Yeah, Kurt, uh, obviously, like you said, we're going to this game. Um, really quick before we jump into that, I just want to throw this out there because this point needs to be mentioned. Tom Brady recently was asked who he was chasing, whether it was Joe Montana or whatever. He said he was chasing Michael Jordan in terms of championships. Michael Jordan, MJ. Mac Jones, MJ. Is Tom Brady, Tom Brady chasing... <laughs> Say it, Kurt. Hey, Say is it. Tom Brady chasing Mac Jones? We'll find out in week four. The people are asking. The people. The people <laughs> so, the pe- hey, you know what, Bruno? It's a, it's a fair point. I might make a sign and hold it up at the game. Is, is he chasing oh Mac Jones? Oh, my God. Um, right. So Bruno- but like you said, yeah, like you said, though, uh, that's week four, obviously, before week two. Not a math guy comes – or, sorry, before week four comes week two and week three. So, like you said, Pats, Jets. I, I, Kurt, again, so many things about the Patriots used to be true, and we dealt with all of last year with kind of like a lot of those things we always knew to be true about the Patriots maybe weren't so true anymore. One of those things this week about us always beating Miami at home, again, is that, that that might be another thing that we have to keep an eye on about things not being true. That being said, Kurt, I think I'm knocking on wood. Wait, do you hear this? I literally just knocked on heard. wood. That was me knocking on wood. Okay, good. Heard. I think one thing that's going to stay the same is the Patriots beating the Jets. I think. Yeah, I do too. I think, you know, obviously you lose a tough one in week one. That <laughs> It's... It might be too early to call this game a must-win for the Patriots, but I did talk about in episode one how the Patriots need to come out of the gates hot because the schedule gets so yep. tough in the second yep. half. So you can't really fuck around and lose this one now. Um, you got to nope. go into New York, take care of business. On paper, the two teams are not even close. The Patriots are leaps and bounds better than the Jets. I know it's a divisional game. It doesn't matter. Go get them. Like, go, out, go after the Jets. They talk about Bill Belichick not losing to rookies often. Tua did get them at one point last year. Um but I think, I think Bill Belichick in this defense is going to give Zach Wilson fits next week. They are going to probably give him so many different looks, line up in so many different formations, um, probably blitz the hell out of him and rely on J.C. Jackson to try to take away like Corey Davis. And I, I don't know. I think they're going to be able to get after him, do what they got to do. I, uh, I think offensively, too, this comes at a good time for the Patriots because um, – I don't think the Jets' defense is is overly impressive, so maybe you see more of, you know, the training wheels come off for the for for Mac Jones and Matt, and, and Josh McDaniels lets him kind of air it out and all that good stuff. And um, I, I I'm excited. This was this is a good um, get back on track type of game, and it's weird to say that it's only week two, but like I think that this is exactly what the doctor ordered for the Patriots. Yeah, all I'll say is that I hope we can make Zach Wilson see ghosts. That'd be great. That would be phenomenal. Bruno, do you have anything else mm-hmm. before we wrap up? Kurt, uh, I think we did. We crushed it this episode. Well, why don't I just say that? Why don't I put that on the table? We crushed it like UConn crushes the orange. Oh mm, God, you Syracuse. Well, the UConn's not doing a lot of crushing these days. Getting getting crushed, maybe uh, more accurate. Bruno, we don't talk about football season with UConn, which is something we don't okay. talk about. We don't, okay. Do they, they, do they even have a team? Not for long. <laughs> Perhaps not. Good God. Also, good grief. Randy Edsel. See you later. Goodbye. Yeah, retiring at the end of the year. Psych, retiring right now. Yeah. Um. Hey. Uh. <laughs> you know what you said about retirement? Uh, we're gonna speed that process up. Okay. This is dramatic. This is not a UConn football podcast. If it was, we'd get even fewer <laughs> lessons. So, uh, Bruno, uh, as you so eloquently do, take us home. 
All right. So like we said, uh, pick six coming back this week. Kurt and I are very excited to just put out our first pick six of the year. Uh, fresh start for both of us. Blank slate. We're really excited to dive into some picks. It's been a while since both you and I have predicted some games. So stay tuned <laughs> for Kurt and Bruno 0-0 on the season looking to make an impact yep. this week. Yep. It's going to be absolutely electric. It's going to be live. There may be some influence being under for both of us, uh, depending on you know what's going on mm -hmm. while we're at the mm -hmm. game. No promises, Perhaps. but no not promises. Yep. Promises made, promises delivered. You know how it goes. So it's going to be a great time. So stay tuned Sunday at some point before the game. That's the only thing we're going to promise for that pick six. And now we would like to wish you a happy Monday Night Football, which you're listening to this is already out. So hopefully, wait, wait, wait. Now that I said that, Kurt, I, my brain was formulating this thought. Quick Monday Night Football prediction. It started a little bit, but pretend we didn't watch okay. any of it. Uh, Ravens by close game, but Ravens in a close game. Okay, Raiders and a shocker. Boom, boom, Whoa, boom. All right, nice. if, it, if I win, it counts for my record. Want to know if you win, it doesn't count for anything. So anyways, that is how we loser, like to do it. Loser Kurt, takes oh. a shot at MetLife Stadium. Okay, done. 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 Exactly. Done, or, the, or the winner takes okay, both. Okay, Who we'll cares? just both take one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so thanks for listening, everybody, and we will see you next time on Playing the Field. Bye, guys. Not you, Randy Edsel. Oh, I'll see you. Bye.